G'day guys, welcome to Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We are your hosts, Al and Imo, husband and wife duo, building our dream lifestyle one project at a time. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work. And pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. G'day guys, we're back again and it's another episode of Talk Shop. We're back this week. We were away last week because we had a very sick child, didn't we? Yeah, it was the worst. So we knew that we were going to get sick from daycare. We had accepted that. We knew it was going to happen. Everyone said, just you wait, you're going to get sick. Well, Goldie got sick and the last podcast we released, we'd said, Goldie's got sick from daycare. We've been home. But then she got really, really sick and it just got worse and worse to the point where we took her to the hospital and we had a five-day stay in hospital and the poor little thing had three respiratory viruses. We all had gastro. Poor little Goldie was really struggling to breathe, which made her really tired, which means she wouldn't eat or drink. She became really dehydrated and it got really scary. And so we had a long stay in hospital. We missed the show last week, but we're back. We're back. Yeah, nothing really can prepare you for when your child gets sick. Like it was just one of those things that it puts your whole life on hold. And when these things happen, you just realize like there's so much more important things in life than work and all the busy stuff that you build up in your mind so much as like, oh, this is the most important thing I've got going on. As soon as your kid's sick, you just drop everything and you're like, I don't care about any of that right now. We need to look after our child. Yeah, and it's like the world got put on hold. Like we were spending all day in the hospital together and then Al and I would take turns in staying there at night. And yeah, it's like everything was just on hold. We just like shut down, you know, even responding to emails, social media. We really just kind of like all we could focus on was Goldie and making sure that she was okay and I think at the time, like, because you and I were sick and also the medical staff is so cool, calm and collected, I didn't really, like, feel overly, like, stressed or anxious at the time about her health. I was more just, like, I don't know, it's like there was this adrenaline running and we were just, like, doing everything we had to do and going through the motions. But now with a bit of time, I've really started to go, like, well, that was that was really scary and it was actually really stressful, but I just wasn't really allowing myself to feel anything at the time. I think I was just really numb. Mm. And then this week, particularly just like watching her come healthy again. And she's like moving around and smiling and dancing and being her old self again. I feel like very emotional. Yeah. I think like you said, the medical staff was so good that they make you feel calm and Mm. they don't really let on that. It's like really out of control and everything's like shit's about to hit the fan. Like, It wasn't, but it was a bit touch and go. Like Goldie was in a very bad way, but they made us feel very looked after and that she was in the right place. And she was, you know, it made it in hindsight. Now looking back, it was really intense and stressful, but they made us feel like it was okay. We're going to look after her. You guys just, you know, we're just going to tell you what we're going to do and we're going to do it. And so, yeah, it was pretty pretty full on like I said before life just stopped we just dropped everything and it was like we need to get our child better and we'll do whatever we can so yeah it was a pretty intense few days in the hospital but we made it out the other side we got back home and Goldie's back to her old self and it's just so good to see her smiling and laughing again and eating and doing all the things she was doing and more. She's like learning new words and she's starting to want to walk and stuff. So yeah, it's really cool to be back at home all together again. Yeah, it's so nice. And, you know, we came obviously now that we've had 
you know, almost 10 days really, because Goldie was sick for quite a while, that I have been kind of not been able to get as much work done and stuff. So we're back now and I feel like we've got quite a lot on our plates trying to play catch up. And we took orders today, which um, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know like our kind of processes, we take orders three times per year for furniture. And um, yeah, we, we took them today. We were meant to take them last week, but because obviously we were in hospital we had to postpone it. And again, like Al, you just said before, like, you know, shit happens and your business doesn't fall apart when you walk away. And we learned that in the past week, like we literally dropped everything, walked away, all of our plans got canceled. And then we came back and our business was still fine. Yeah. We're a little bit busy, but all of our customers totally understand that there's a small delay in their furniture. Now we, we were really transparent and honest with them. We said, Hey, look, this is what's going on. And everybody's been so understanding and amazing. So I guess it's a good, like, you know, reminder to anybody out there, if you're feeling really stressed or overwhelmed in your business and you are running behind, sometimes the best thing you can do is just pick up the phone or send an email and just say, Hey, this is what's going on. And likely your customer is going to understand. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, before we do get into this episode, we just wanted to mention that the Successful Furniture Makers course enrollments are opening again very soon. We're in August. Today's August 1st as we record this podcast. So three weeks time, we're opening up the enrollments again for the next group. Yeah. So that's Monday, the 22nd of August, the enrollments are opening and then classes starting first week of September. So very exciting. We are really looking forward to doing this all over again for the third time. Our students currently inside the Successful Furniture Makers course are just doing so well and it's very exciting. I just dropped the website module today, so I'm really looking forward to catching up with them tomorrow night on Zoom and hearing all of their thoughts. But I just wanted to share a success from one of our previous students. So this is someone who's already been through the course. She's come out the other end. She's about to launch her brand new business and she hasn't even put her website out. She hasn't launched it. She's just done a prototype of her furniture and she sent it to somebody who has, you know, taken interest in her work before in the past. She's already locked in an $11,000 sale, which is just so exciting. And she messaged me this morning, told me all about it. We've been back and forth messaging all day long. And I'm so excited for her. Like I'm more excited about this than I am about even our own business because just hearing our student success just drives me to do this course even better and better and keep running it for all of you creative makers out there because, you know, I just want everybody to succeed in business and that's just such a massive win. So shout out to Rayoni, congratulations, such an epic achievement. And as soon as your website is launched and the world knows about it, we'll be sure to share it on the podcast as well. Yeah, that is so awesome. I'm so proud of you as well, Rayoni. Top top job like that's amazing $11,000 job straight off the bat is just crazy and yeah to see where you've evolved from when we first met you like a few months back to where you are now it's just amazing so well done and um speaking of our furniture makers course we've also got the talk shop insiders group which is kind of like along the lines of the same thing like it's a group where everyone can go in and share their business ideas, their stories, their wins, like all that stuff. So that's our Facebook group and anyone out there is welcome to join. You don't have to be part of the Successful Furniture Makers course. This is for anyone and everyone. Um, You just got to send a request to join and we'll let you in the group. 
And yeah, it's a really cool community that we're starting to build in there, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And I love seeing like everybody's questions and people's thoughts and everybody really helping each other. And that's really what we want out of this Facebook group. And it's still in its baby baby phases. And I definitely feel like it has so much potential. So if you're listening to this, come and join the group. If you're already in the group, start posting, talk about, you know, good things, maybe, you know, struggles, whatever you've got in your business and we'll help each other out. And this whole podcast episode is all about something that someone posted in Talk Shop Insiders earlier this week. We've taken what he's written and now we want to create a whole podcast episode about it. So I'm going to read it for you now. And it says, how are you guys going coping with stress, anxiety, and your own mental well-being when running your own business? I've had five anxiety breakdowns over the past six weeks and have been neglecting myself and pushing too hard, not sleeping and running tight on deadlines due to work volumes. Any tips and methods you use to give yourself that mental stability? I run and I cycle, but I don't get enough time to do it around work and family. Yeah, so there's a lot of points in this message that, you know, I can definitely relate to. We've had so many periods throughout our business life where the stress levels have reached like the highest point where you think you can't stress any more than this. And you just think like you go into this almost tunnel vision mode of like stress. And apparently that's actually something that happens to your brain when you when you get stressed, your vision actually narrows and you start to like focus in on things. So, you know, stress can work in your favor sometimes and it is normal to stress. Like everyone has a certain amount of stress that they can handle. It's just when it gets to that point that it's really high and you've got too many stresses going on in your life that it feels a bit unbearable, a bit overwhelming. And yeah, there's many different ways you can sort of manage your stress and everyone's different you know for me I love to exercise like you said in your message you run and you cycle but you don't have enough time to do it around work and family and I completely understand that because you know there's there's some things that are more important sometimes you think than your own personal like oh I want to go for a run or I want to I want to go for a go for a bike ride but I haven't spent time with my kid or I haven't spent time with my wife or you know your friends and this is something that For me personally, I just wake up a little bit earlier. I get my workouts done now really early in the morning because I know that if I don't do them at that time, I probably won't get to them because the day does get away from you. And then I I don't have anything getting in the way of my workouts if I do them first thing in the morning. There's nothing that comes up and stops me from doing them. Everyone else is in bed. So I just get it done and then I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's as disciplined as you are waking up at like quarter past five or 5.30 or whatever time it is that you get up and you do your workouts. I personally, I haven't been exercising since Goldie's been born because I just don't feel like I do have enough time around work and looking after her. And, you know, I know that I'd probably feel better mentally if I did make time to exercise, but I just physically don't feel like I actually have the time. And so I can totally relate when you say that you do like to run and cycle, but you don't have enough time, you know, with your work and your family. And the only reason Al gets away with doing his workouts is because he does it while Goldie and I are still asleep. But if it was like, you know, during the bedtime routine or, or waking up or whatever, and I really needed help with her, I'd be so annoyed if you were out there doing a workout because I'd be like, this is bullshit. Like I don't get time to do it. How come you get time to do it? So I guess like if running and cycling is something that 
you know is going to really help your mental health, then figure out a time to do it that's outside of the commitments you already have. Yeah, and I would say just have a conversation with your partner and figure out a time that suits both of you for you to go do that because that's where you really got to you got to make compromises for each other and that's one thing that you do in a relationship is you you figure out with each other what would you prefer like can I help you with this at this point in time maybe you can go off and you know do whatever you like go have a coffee with your friends you know I'll look after the kid and then you sort of it's a bit of give and take isn't it you know and we're constantly going through that kind of stuff in our relationship it's always kind of a balance of like you do this and I'll do that and it's never going to be perfect it's never going to be like 50-50 everything but you try to do what you can to help the other person and vice versa yeah but I also like understand that sometimes with family and kids things just don't always go according to plan you could be having a a period of time where you're trying to like do sleep training or something with your baby and they're not fucking sleeping (laughs) and you're really tired and then you don't even have the energy to exercise and work out because like when you're at total burnout the last thing you want to do is exercise like I felt like earlier this year I reached burnout like to the point where I was like I could not be any more sick than I am right now and then the next week I got COVID because I was so run down and I was like oh look there you go. I, I I got sicker, and I can I understand that like when you're mentally exhausted, exercising does not feel like the thing that you want to do. And I think if you really need that mental break, then maybe it is just catching up with some mates and socializing because I definitely feel that's just one of the best ways to reset and become like you know oh, I don't know just like excited about life again is just to have that social break and it might just be like a really casual dinner or a drink or something with a mate where you can just really switch off from thinking about work altogether because you're in a social environment. Yeah I definitely think socializing gives you perspective on your life. It makes your problems kind of seem not so big anymore. Like when you go and see your friends, you realize everyone has these these same thoughts and problems, but it's nice to just unwind and have a laugh and a joke around with your friends. So that is a great tip there. Like socializing really does help you get out of your own head and stop thinking about that work stuff. But back to the exercise stuff, I know you said you run and cycle And like you were saying, sometimes you do feel exhausted with all the work and mentally you're just like, I can't even put, I can't run fucking 500 meters, let alone a few Ks. So you don't have to always do something so intense. Like you could just get your family together and go for a big walk together. And that is good exercise. Like people discount walking as like, oh, that's, there's no point doing that. That's not exercise. But walking is amazing exercise gets the blood moving it makes you feel good like every time we go for a walk as a family we always end up smiling and going oh how good is this and we get home and we're energized again and so you know it could be as simple as like doing the family stuff together and doing exercise together yeah or even like going for a walk and listening to a podcast or meditation or something that's going to really you know, reset your mind again. And, you know, Al, you're big on meditation. That's another thing that you do when you're feeling really stressed and overwhelmed is that you you take time to meditate. I, I don't have the personality type to be able to meditate. I just like, if I've got a lot on my mind, I just find sitting there is just like the most infuriating, you know, and I, maybe I should be meditating. That may, <laughs> probably means that it would probably Something be you need to work very on, good for me, but I just 
I yeah, just can't. It's like, hard. it's just it's not, it's not for me. And so, yeah, I guess like for me to like switch off and unwind, it's, yeah, it's socializing with friends. Um, it's, you know, hanging out with you, maybe too much information, being intimate. Like that's another way to just kind of like switch off, reconnect and like get away from work and, you know, reset, I guess yeah. is the way I'm trying to say it. Yeah, and I think just not taking your business life too seriously sometimes is a good way to sort of not reach these high levels of anxiety because most of you out there listening aren't brain surgeons or, you know, doctors treating patients that are terminally ill and like the decisions you make are going to save their lives. It's usually just like furniture or something that you're doing out there that yes, it's important to you, but people are understanding and your customers will understand if you're going to delay things. And, you know, it's hard because you have integrity. I know myself, I have deadlines that I like to work towards and I do get very stressed if I'm like running over those deadlines and it can be really tough to like talk yourself out of being like, oh, I'm I'm not good enough. You know, I've taken on too much, but at the end of the day, you've just got to tell yourself like customers are understanding. They really are. And if you're just upfront and honest about what's going on in your life, generally they are so understanding and like, oh yeah, no worries at all. Like I just get on the phone to my customers whenever there's an issue and they're so nice and like considerate about what's happening in my life. We actually had a defect with one of our jobs just the other day from a customer and I I called her up straight away and I've said, I'm going to sort this out for you. I'm so sorry this has happened. And instantly she was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about Goldie. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Like she knew that we'd had all these stresses going on in our life. So yeah, like I said, the customers are always going to be very understanding if you're just upfront and honest about what's going on in your life. And Yeah, I think we wanted to get into a bit more stuff about how you can deal with your anxieties and how you can have a better work-life balance because it's so important to have balance in your life. Like you're never going to be perfectly balanced and zen your whole life. You're going to have peaks and troughs of when you're working really, really hard and you are stressed. And then you're going to have like holiday times when you're just doing nothing and you're just like, oh man, I can just kick back and read a book and not think about anything but yeah you have all these different ebbs and flows of when things go hectic to when things are calmed down and that's just life isn't it yeah and I think you know you you commit to running your own business because you want that flexibility and freedom but also with running your own business there's like a lot of things to manage and it can feel like the you know the world's weight are upon your shoulders but at the end of the day, I think you made a really good point before is just putting things into perspective and going like, you know, it's not the end of the world if this runs a couple of days late. And I know that you're probably thinking, oh, but then that knocks onto that job and that job and that job, and then they all become delayed. But at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, maybe you just need that day off to reset. So we're going to go through a few different points that we kind of brainstormed over the past couple of days um, about how we maintain our work-life balance. And I just want to make a note to say that one of the reasons why we started the Successful Furniture Makers online course was because, you know, I did a lot of research and I spoke to a lot of makers while creating the course and something that came up a lot was the word burnout. And a lot of makers kind of reach like their second or third year and they start getting all of this work and their business starts to pick up and they start taking on like more and more and more jobs 
and they don't know how to say no and they're saying yes to everything and then they become so overwhelmed with all of the admin and all of the work and they've taken on way too much that they reach burnout and breaking point. And so something that I really wanted to do with this course was to give people strategies and ways to set up their business processes and organization so that they can actually set their business up for success and so they don't completely burn out. So if you are listening to this and you're like, I'm getting overwhelmed with the amount of work I've got and I need some, I need help setting my business up so it's actually going to be like future proof, you know, as I become busier and busier come and join us in the Successful Furniture Makers course. We have entire lessons and modules purely based on ways to get organized in your business so that you can avoid burnout. So we'd love to have you in there. Um, But let's go into the tips that we've come up with just to share with you. And this is all about creating a healthy work-life balance when running your own business. Yeah, so the chances are that you got into this business because it's something that you love to do. But like Imo was saying, you get into it like the second, third year, your business is built up a little bit into this like thing where people know who you are and you're starting to get a lot of work coming in and it's hard to know how much you should take on. And I think the first place you need to start is figuring out how many hours you actually want to work in a week because you could take all the work in the world, but then you just piling more and more on top of your shoulders and that's when the stress levels can really peak and I think figuring out how many hours you want to work in a week in a month in a year can be very beneficial to your business because it gives you a starting point as to how much work you need to take on to be living that lifestyle that you actually want to be living within your business. Yeah, I think it's about having like a really clear understanding of exactly how long things take in your business. Like Today, when we took orders, you said, okay, we're going to take X amount of hours per month and you know exactly how long each job takes to make. So every piece of our furniture, you know how many hours it takes so that we make sure that we only book out the amount of work that we have capacity for those months. So it's about being like having a very clear understanding of how long things take because a lot of the time we'll be like, oh, yeah will do that job and it always takes longer than you expect it will. So I think having realistic expectations on your time and also acknowledging that when you run your own business, it's not just making, but there's also admin, there's customer service, there's material shopping, there's deliveries, there's all of these other things in your business that you need to account for. And a lot of the times we forget about those things and then we wonder like, where's the time gone? I should have had this finished last week, but I'm only halfway through it. Yeah. And I think for an example, I used to think a work week is a 40 hour week. So I should be able to make things for 40 hours of the week. And we did take a bunch of orders a couple of years ago where I was like, yeah, I can fit 40 hours of making time in per week. It didn't happen very well because there is all the other stuff that we do outside of actually making the picking up materials the admin stuff, all the tax stuff, all the accounts, everything else that adds up is a lot more hours on top of already making for 40 hours a week. And that's when the stress levels really peaked for me. It was like one year before Christmas, I was just flat out working seven days a week, trying to get everything done before Christmas time. And so now I I plan to take on about 30 maybe 35 hours per week of making time, which allows me to work you know, a bit more cruisy because there is all that other stuff that I have to do outside of that. So then you can just break that down into how many weeks do I want to work in the year? I want to work, say, 48 weeks in the year because you take out 
four weeks of just holidays or whatever it is that you want to do. And then you times your hourly rate by 48 weeks. And that's how many hours of work making time you want to do in the whole year. So it's it's literally that simple, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it might sound a bit complicated for us to explain this over, you know, podcast, but this is a whole lesson inside the course and it's got, you know, calculators and all sorts of things to help you figure all this stuff out for you. But I think it's just really important to you know, realize what actual capacity you have for making hours and then also how much all the admin side, yeah. you know, takes in your business. And I just mentioned before that, you know, we take orders only three times per year. That's because we were getting so overwhelmed with the admin and constantly quoting people and it was really affecting your making time. And it was just like, you know, we had constant, you know, emails from customers asking questions. And then by, you know, only taking orders three times a year, we only have to answer those questions literally three times per year. You know, we have three weeks in the year where we're like back and forth with customers, answering questions, you know, getting ready. And then we start doing all the invoicing, which I've been doing today. And then by the end of this week, it's going to be done and we don't have to do it another, you know, again for another four months, which is so good. It just means that our admin's been like condensed into three weeks in the year. The next thing would be to take breaks from work. Like there's got to be times in the year when you have holidays and there's also got to be times in the day where you just have a break, you sit down, you forget about your work. And um, yeah, it's just so important to step away from work at times, whether that be like holidays, weekends, or even just the daily breaks that you have for lunch or, you know, just a break for a coffee. Yeah, I also feel like sometimes for me, if I'm feeling like really overwhelmed with the amount of work I've got to do, sometimes just like walking outside and just like looking at the sky, looking at the trees, you know, looking at the lambs in the paddock, like just, you know, playing with our dog Edwina or just like something to just break up, you know, my my headspace and get me like off the computer or whatever it is that I'm working on and just to shake it up a bit. And I think, yeah, having those breaks is really important or even like, I love to have a conversation with you or get on the phone to a friend who I haven't spoken to in ages is a really nice way to just like, you know, have a chat and also like connect with the outside world. Cause I think sometimes as a solo maker or someone who works on their own from home, like we do, you know, sometimes it's really nice to connect with somebody who's doing something completely different. And even sometimes acknowledging that like they're at their office job and, you know, they might fucking hate their job too. And then you can just be like, oh, well, what would I rather be doing? Oh, remember when I used to work in that office for those people and I didn't like it and now I run my own business and maybe this isn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And taking those breaks, like that's a good time when you could just go for a quick 10 minute walk to mix up the day, feel refreshed, come back to work feeling like, ah, I've like taken a bit of time for myself and now I'm ready to get back into it. Dance break. Dance break. Good music. Have a boogie. I absolutely love to have a boogie while making a coffee in the kitchen. It just gets me in the best mood. Yeah, the next thing would be learning to say no. So this one goes to those people who are in that sort of period in their business where the work is starting to come in thick and you've got people wanting stuff from you left, right and center and everyone wants a piece, but you have to learn to say no to things. And this is where you need to really stick to the jobs that are saying, yes, I want to do this one. And any of those ones that you're like, hmm. I don't know, like it's work, it's money. It's hard to say no to these people sometimes because you're like, what if the work dries up? You know, like maybe I'm going to need this. 
but you have to learn to say no. And this goes back to the first point where I said, figure out how many hours you actually want to work in a week and stick with that and figure out how, you know, by the time you get to this point in your business where the work's coming in thick and fast is you should have an idea of how long each job takes and that's how you can break down the hours of each job and then you can fit those into those hours that you've already figured out for yourself that you want to work per week. Yeah, I'd say one of my favorite sayings ever is just because you can doesn't mean you should and I am really bad at saying no. I've definitely become better at it over the past few years because honestly, if someone says, oh, do you reckon you can do this for me? And I'm like, in my head, like, yeah, I can do that. That's, you know, yeah. no, I can do that easily. It doesn't mean I should do it because what do I want to be spending my time doing? What actually brings me the most joy? What kind of work do I want in the future? Is this taking me on the right path? Because sometimes you can continue saying yes to jobs that aren't actually leading you for the future that you want. And so you've got to really realize like, oh, um, so maybe you could be like, okay, well, the future I want to be doing like really bespoke kitchen fit outs and I want to be using all hardwoods and I want to be doing dovetails and I want to do this like really beautiful kitchen fit outs. Like that's my dream. That's my passion, my vision. And someone's come to you and they're like, oh, I want you to put together this like, you know, um, melamine kitchen kit from Ikea. And I want then you to put like a timber bench top on it. You can do that, but not necessarily mean you should, because it's not actually going to, you know, benefit you for your future it's not like you can photograph that and be like hey everybody this is what I do because it's not the kind of work you want to be doing so I think being really clear about like does this serve me moving forward is this what I want to be doing in the future and if it's a no then maybe it's worth saying no to that job and yeah but just passing it on to somebody else being like you know what this is out of my scope of work. I'm actually focusing on doing this style of work and the, the customer might be like oh that sounds interesting or they might be like, it's not for me. Yeah, exactly. And one thing actually comes to mind is we had some friends of ours ask us to do a built-in like bunk bed thing in their little upstairs nook that they've got in their brand new house. And it was just, it didn't suit our business, you know? And Imo originally had said, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Well, we like, could do it. Like we physically could. we can design a bunk bed and we can paint it white, but it's not our style at exactly. all. So we ended up saying... We can't do this, but here's a joiner who can. And we just pass them on to someone who does that and they focus on that and that's their thing. And they ended up with a great bunk bed. Yeah. And like I said, the customer always understands if you're open and honest from the get-go and you just say, hey, look, this is what we said to them. We basically said, hey, look, this is a job that I can do for you, but there's someone out there more suited for this job because this is not really my wheelhouse. I can do it but I don't really have the time. It's not my style. And there's plenty of other guys over here that I can point you in the right direction and they can do it for you probably for cheaper and they're probably going to enjoy it more than I would. Yes, totally. The next one is schedule time for fun. So like I mentioned before, you know, we all start these businesses because we've discovered that we really love to do something. And then we're like, Ooh, I can monetize this and I can turn my passion into profit. And that's a really, really exciting thing. However, when you start to get really, really busy and you're constantly just making custom orders or working with your customers, 
sometimes you lose that kind of like the fun of it and, you know, like the reason we started. So I think it's really important to throw in some creative activities that aren't necessarily a paid job. You're just doing it for the fun of it. You're experimenting. You're trying a new technique. You're making something for yourself. You're able to be creative and have all the freedom you want to make what you want. Yeah, and this one, guys, is very hard to do. Like, take it from me. I haven't done a fun project in a little while because I've been so busy myself. I've I've got a family. I've got a dog. I've got a house that I'm building. I've got a business that I'm trying to run as well, building furniture. And it is really hard to have, like, fun in the workshop all the time and just go in there and be like, oh, I'm just going to make something for fun today because... I love it when I've got all these orders backed up that I need to get done. I think also we've been really holding back on making anything for ourselves because we are waiting for the new house and we have so many projects in our head ready to make, but we're just waiting till we get into the house first. But I I made a headboard for Goldie's room on Mother's Day and that was a really fun creative project and you were so skeptical. You were looking at me like, I don't think this is going to fucking work. This is shit. And I pulled it together and it's great. And it was a really fun project that just took me a few hours and I did it on the weekend. I listened to music and it was just, it was fun. Yeah. And I do love doing those projects where you just go in and you have a bit of creative freedom and you're just like, what am I going to make? And yeah, it is really worth spending the time when you have the time to do stuff like this, but also scheduling time for fun. It doesn't have to be work related at all. It could just be, you know, I'm going bowling with my mates or I'm going interesting choice of activity <laughs> I don't know, that just popped in how my often head. do you go bowling I haven't with been your mates? bowling with my mates in years but it sounds pretty fun um <laughs> even you know like whatever it is whatever you like to do just schedule in time to step away from work and like I mentioned before in the working out how many hours you want to work per week schedule in time off within those hours of your whole year you don't want to be working 40 hours a week 52 weeks a year like that is just crazy everyone needs to have time off and you need to have time away absence makes the heart grow fonder it actually makes you want to work when you go away from it i swear it happens to me every time we go on holiday i can't wait to like get back to those fun projects that we've had lined up. Totally. And I think I've just had this like light bulb moment in my head while sitting here. You were talking and I wasn't really listening because I was thinking so much about my point in my head was if you're feeling like you've got so much work on and it's just really overwhelming, there could be a reason for that and it might be that your prices aren't high enough. So sometimes you can go back and reprice yourself, put your prices up a little bit. You're taking the same amount of work, but you're actually getting paid more and then you can reduce your hours. So that could be something worth looking into as well. Just checking your pricing just to make sure that your hourly rate is actually what it should be. Yeah, a hundred percent. And this is again, something that happens at that sort of two, three year mark in your business is you're getting all this orders coming in and you're like overwhelmed by how many there are putting your prices up is a great way to just weed out a few of your customers and to be more happy with the work you're doing it means you can increase the quality because you have more time for the same amount of money Mm, totally okay the next one is is to create to-do lists and create a plan so this is something that i totally believe in and anytime i'm feeling really overwhelmed to the point of panicking and stressing out and just like 
absolutely losing it. And you know that feeling where you're just like, you're trying to do a million things at once, you cannot see the finish line and you're just so overwhelmed and you're like, how the hell am I going to get this done? And then I've got this and then I've got this and then I've got this and you start working it all up in your head um, is creating to-do lists and creating a plan and really just like taking half a day off, being like, you know what, I'm going to take the morning off and I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write out all of the things I need to do, I'm going to prioritize them in order of what is most important and then I'm going to create a plan and I'm going to actually figure out exactly what I need to do and I'm going to break it down into future tasks with achievable timeframes and then that way it gives you that focus and you can be like, okay, I can focus on this today and I don't have to worry about any of the other things because I'm going to do this on this day and then I'm going to do this on this day and this on this day rather than trying to do everything at once because take it from me, I've tried multitasking. Often when I get really stressed, I realize it's because I'm trying to do everything at once and then I'm doing nothing well. And it's really about just doing one thing at a time. And another good point here is I'm just thinking right now is when I have something really important I need to get done, I'll put my phone away. I'll put a timer on my computer for 90 minutes and I'll sit there until the timer goes off and I'll work for that period of time so I don't get distracted. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to be extremely productive because it forces you into this like, you know, I've only got this amount of time and then the timer goes off, then I can get up, I can have a coffee, I can like reward myself for doing that 90 minutes of hard work. And we also, as humans, 90 minutes is pretty much like, that's it. Like that's like as long as you can go without like, you know, getting distracted and losing stuff. Losing focus. Without yeah. losing focus. So if you give yourself a 90 minute timer you know, focus on the task at hand and then reward yourself with like a coffee and a walk and then you can come back and do another 90 minutes. Yeah, I actually heard this musician once talking on a podcast about his process for making songs is he'll actually work on eight different songs within like the day and he'll set himself like 40 minutes per song and so he'll like start working on one and he's got the 40-minute timer going and he knows that like he's only got 40 minutes to to get bits done on this song. So he'll either work really, really hard and fast or he'll like not be in the groove on one of them and he knows that he's only got like 40 minutes that he has to put up with trying to figure out this song. So it's a great way to sort of break up your day if you have multiple different things you have to get done to break it up into those little blocks and try to like smash out as much as you can in allotted time frames. Yeah, totally. Like if you've got customer emails you need to get back to and there's like a whole inbox is full, give yourself 45 minutes or 90 minutes and you'll get that done in that time rather than like stressing about all these like emails that you have to send and you're like, oh, it's going to take me all day or I don't have time for this. I'm like, I'm too fucking busy. It's like, well, you know, you could actually smash it out really quickly. Just put on that timer, put your phone away and get stuck into it. Yeah. And I think when you are creating a to-do list, be realistic. Like there's definitely times when I'll write my to-do list in my diary and I'll write way too many things in there and I'll get to the next day and I'll tick off like three out of eight things that I've written in there. And I'm like, fuck, why did I do that? But then you just push them over to the next day and Sometimes you even get to the end of the day and you're like, actually, I didn't even really need to do that one. So I don't even need to put that back on the list. Like someone else will do it or, you know, like it's just one of those things that goes away. So yeah, I think writing a diary or a to-do list like quite regularly is a great way to sort of 
break up all the things you need to do and just tick them off one thing at a time. Yeah, another thing that I've just thought of that we hadn't written down, but I think it's a great point, is outsourcing. So, for example, uh, when we've gotten really, really busy with work, Al's mum has cooked us meals. And so having dinners organized for us is just such a huge relief and, you know, such a weight off our shoulders because it's something that we don't have to worry about. And so you can get help doing stuff in your life that isn't necessarily your business. So it could be cleaning, it could be cooking, it could be childcare. You know, there's things that you could do that can help give you more time to work. Yeah, outsourcing doesn't have to be business related. It doesn't mean you have to hire someone to come and do a task within your business. Like you said, it could be something as simple as cooking dinner and you can outsource that to family. You can buy pre-cooked meals. Like it's easy to do things that are just simpler these days in life to make your life so much easier. Like ordering materials, you can do it on your phone, on a website, the materials come to your house. Like it's so simple. So think about things within your business that you can do to save you time and save you from like having to be so time poor. Yeah, another thing was that, you know, coming up in the next few months, I've uh, batched a lot of our deliveries together. So we're going to be doing like huge delivery days where we go and like deliver, you know, three different jobs. But that saves us driving in and out of Melbourne over and over and over again, which is just such a time suck. It's like a whole day wasted when we have to do one delivery. So if we can batch those tasks together, so good. Yeah. The next point would be to leave work at work. And now look, as business owners who work from home, we're literally recording a podcast in our bed. This is kind of work for us. My workshop, I can see it out the window. Emo's computer desk, we can see it from here. It is hard to leave work at work when you work from home, but there are definitely times where we schedule for ourselves to just switch off. And it usually is about this time of night, once all our work is done, We get into bed, we watch Netflix and we just relax. And, you know, sometimes we don't watch Netflix. We just have a conversation with each other and it's not work related. And sometimes it is work related because Imo and I are pretty work obsessed Um, and we do love our job. So go figure that we're married and we we do everything together. We've got a business together. Everything's wrapped up into our business these days. You know, sometimes, you know, like the other night, Al, you were like, we need to talk about this. I need need to figure this out. And I said, it's okay. We don't need to talk about it tonight. Let's pick it up in the morning. And I think it's, you know, setting those boundaries for yourself and in your relationship, especially if you're in business with your partner, is allowing yourself time to talk about business, but then also allowing yourself time to not talk about business. And something that's really helped Al and I is having a weekly business meeting, which is where we can really catch up on what both of us are up to in the business, where we're at, where we're struggling, what we need help with, what we're doing really well, you know, and having like that dedicated time where we talk about everything rather than just trying to talk about it on the fly you know, while we're cooking dinner or trying to figure out Goldie or whatever, like it just doesn't work. So, you know, structure, processes, those are the things that's going to really help you have a much healthier work-life balance. Yeah. And one of the things, like we mentioned before, creating a to-do list, I like to write my to-do list for the next day, the day before. So I've already written what I want to do tomorrow down in my diary 
And that way it sort of leaves my head. And then I wake up in the morning and I just glance at my diary and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing today. I've already thought about it. And it's already, the loop's been closed in my head. So you kind of forget about it until the next day and then you wake up and it's ready to go for you. So that's just a little tip when you are writing your to-do list, maybe try to do it the day before. So you've thought about it ahead of time and then you can go to bed feeling like, I've already planned tomorrow out and it's done. Yeah, and you can just wake up and get stuck straight into it without having to think about what you need to do. And I definitely think it helps you not like staying up all night thinking about it over in your head. And like I know that feeling of when you've got so much on your plate and you're really stressed and you literally lay in bed awake like thinking about the same to-do list over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. If you've written it down before you even go to bed, you're going to stop that feeling. So um, that's a massive thing. I think writing your to-do list for me because I know kind of the tasks I need to do each week I block days so for instance on Tuesdays I edit the podcast like that is that is my main focus for the day and I know that's never going to change it's always you know edit and produce the podcast on a Tuesday ready to release on a Wednesday and I just have like each day I've got different tasks that I need to get done so you know depending on what your work schedule is like if it's really same same you can kind of block out different days if it's always doing different things I think writing that to-do list the night before such a good way to like get it off your mind 100% so the next time uh, the next point sorry is make time for yourself and not just for the family. So this is a big one because you are so important and your mental health is so important that you can't be the best version of yourself with your family, your friends, your loved ones if you're not making time for yourself in general. Like if you're not your happiest, best self, it's going to affect the people around you as well as yourself. So you definitely need to make time for yourself. And this is one of those things where I do get up a little bit earlier on the days I want to do my workouts because that's my time for me. And it clears my head in the morning. I get that freedom of like, this is just for me. And then I, the family all wakes up and life gets hectic again. But I've already done that thing for myself. So I'm ready to move on with the day and I feel so much better about it. Yeah, and I think also like it's good to acknowledge what, is good for you. So for Al, it's, you know, meditating and exercising and stuff, which that works for you. It's not really for me, like what fulfills me the most that I can do on my own is doing some kind of creative activity or socializing. So they're the things that really like drive me or laying in bed and doing absolutely fuck all and watching like really bad TV on Netflix or something like just sometimes, you know, watching two episodes in a row feels so indulgent and something that I absolutely love to do. And that's really treating myself. So making time for yourself doesn't necessarily have to be something super productive, but as long as like you feel like you're getting a bit of a reset and maybe it's something mind numbing, maybe it's something creative, maybe it's something really fun, maybe it's social, whatever it is. Um, you know, creating just that little bit of space for yourself is such a treat. 100%. The last thing we've got here on the list is remember why you started and think about what would you rather be doing? This is something I say to myself all the time when I'm having a bad day is like, what would I rather be doing? Would I rather go back to being a chippy out in the rain, doing the job that I liked doing, but I didn't love doing, you know, and it really makes me appreciate The business we've built, Imo, you and I together, has been the most exciting work-life ride that we've ever had. And 
yeah, every time you have that sort of negative thought creeping in of like, oh man, I got so much shit to do. I always just think, what would I rather be doing than this? I don't want to go back to my old life. This is the, this is the dream and I'm on the right path. So yeah, it can really pick me up out of a, a hard day when, when I do say that to myself. Yeah, I think definitely, you know, gratitude, putting things into perspective and having thoughts. But, you know, with serious anxiety and stuff, whenever I've gotten to the point of, you know, being really anxious and having panic attacks is when I see a psychologist. And, you know, we have access to mental health plans in Australia, which is really amazing. I think you get 10 um, subsidized uh psychology appointments a year all you have to do is go to your GP and say hey I'd really like to talk to somebody and they can figure that out for you and it is so nice and I always say to any of my friends who are like struggling or having a hard time and they've never seen a therapist before I'm like babe it's like a spa day but for your brain and it is the best feeling just being able to go and talk to someone for an hour feels so indulgent but it's so nice to just get things off your chest and sometimes when you say them out loud it kind of fades away and it doesn't feel like as overwhelming as when you're thinking about it in your head on your own. And, you know, these people can give you the most incredible strategies to work with your stresses and whatnot. And the last time I saw a psychologist is after we had a miscarriage and I felt pregnant with Goldie and I was so anxious about carrying this baby and losing this baby again after what we'd been through. And I was having panic attacks and I was, you know, locked myself away from everybody and I wasn't socializing. I wasn't talking to anybody because I was so anxious and so stressed. And I saw a psychologist and it helped me so much. And I just think it's amazing. And I think if anybody out there is having a hard time, go and speak to somebody, give it a go. You could even do tele like telehealth appointments just give it a try. And if the psychologist you see, you don't get a right, the right vibe, it doesn't feel right, shop around. Find someone who fits for you and it could be like the best thing you ever do. Yeah, 100% guys. So, you know, we are not doctors. Hopefully some of this stuff has been really beneficial for you all. Like give it all a try. But like I said, we're not doctors. If you are struggling out there, there's plenty of help out there. There's Lifeline, there's a bunch of different people you can call. In Australia, we're very lucky to have all these services set up. Um, You know, and take care of yourselves. Like, don't be so hard on yourself when you are working away at your business. Make time for yourself, like we said. It's, you know, Goldie got sick and we were literally forced away from work for five days and nothing happened. Like, the work was fine. Like I said, our customers were very understanding. They were like concerned for our daughter's health. It's fine. Like you can easily spend a day to work on your business, work on yourself, figure out how you're going to go forward and live the business lifestyle that you want to live because it's so important to be mentally happy, to enjoy your business because that's why you got started in this business realm in the first place that's it guys so we'll leave you at that we hope you all have a wonderful week like we mentioned at the beginning of the show come and join us in talk shop insiders the successful furniture makers course enrollments are opening on the 22nd of august we'd love to see you in there until next week have a good one have a good one guys this has been our longest episode Emma. it's you been reckon? do we just keep talking to make it an hour no because that means i have to edit it it's <laughs> going to take forever Let's let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up there guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye.